Last week, Mark did such a brilliant job of talking about how we are the uh, created and God is the creator. And he was saying that when we understand that place, when we understand that we are the created and he is the creator, the response, according to scripture, is thanks. It's honor. It's giving God what is his. And I was so moved by the message last week that I remember sitting over there and I was teary and I just kept thinking, I've, got, I've been missing it, Lord. I've been missing it. I've been missing being in that place where I understand my place that responds in honor and thanks. It was a challenge. It was a huge challenge. And one of the things that I that I needed to do is I needed to stop. I needed to pause. And I needed to acknowledge him for everything that he has given us, shown to us, revealed to us for who he is. And I needed to say thank you. I really did. I I needed to turn. I needed to change. And, And the thing about it is we serve a God who never changes. But we're always changing. It's impossible for us not to change. If you look at nature and you look at like some of the, you go online and you look at some of those time-lapse things, it is light in here today. We're just going to come close and have a little living room conversation, I think. When you look at those time-lapse things, you can see nature changing. Have you ever watched that where, you know, you see the clouds like going by really fast and you see, you know, the things growing and then they die and then they decay and then new life sprouts up and you can watch it, you know, a couple of years in like a minute. It's constantly changing. We are designed to be constantly changing. We're not called to be stagnant. We're not called to be lifeless. We're not called to be numb or passive. We're called to have life and we're called to change. Mark talked last week about our bodies and the eyes and I can't repeat what he was saying, but I thought it's constantly changing. The blood is constantly moving. Our cells are constantly dying and regenerating. The neurons are constantly firing. It's always moving. It's always changing. It's how we were designed. And then I thought, if we are constantly changing, then we have to ask the question, what are we becoming? And I think it plays into a little bit of a reflection on us as a nation, us as a church, and us individually. What are we becoming? Because the truth is, it's kind of like a... Turn this on. It's kind of like this. It's, we're always moving. We're always swinging. We come by center, which is good. That's, that's like the, the will of God, and, and we're, we're like, okay, I'm all aligned. I'm good. And then life takes us this way, and then we, the, we, the Holy Spirit, by his grace, redirects us, brings us back to center, and we're like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is where I want to be. And then we kind of drift this way, and then we come back, and we need to keep moving towards God. It's this rhythm of life trying to stay in the center of his will. It's a good thing. It's, it's normal. It's how it is. 
We need, that's why asking these questions, God, what are you saying to me and how do you want me to respond is so important because when we get off track, we ask Jesus, what are you saying to me? Um, Come back. Oh, okay, that's right. And then we turn and we move towards him and we come back. Because the question is, if we're not moving towards what God has for us, then what are we moving towards? We're actually moving away. If we're not moving towards God, we're moving away. And then we ask again, what are we becoming? What are we becoming? And then we come to today's passage, which Mark did so well yesterday, and we're just going to pick it up in Romans chapter 1, verse 21, starting in the second half, and it reads this. It says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. That's what Mark was talking about last week. When we're in the proper order of where we're supposed to be, honor and thanks is a normal response. But then listen. They became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Can you see it? If you can, I highlighted it and underlined it. (laughs) They became futile. They became fools. What are we becoming? It says, although they knew God. That scared me last week. Because I thought, well, I think I know God. So I started researching that a little bit. And what Paul is talking about right here is that they knew about him. They had no excuse to not acknowledge that he existed because of everything that, that he has shown to us in his nature and in his existence. So they knew about him. But did they really know him? Did they really understand him, his character? Now I mean that in not a fullness of the sense because it's impossible to completely understand all of God. But do we have an understanding of who he is enough? Are we with him enough that changes our lives so we don't fall into this becoming futile and becoming fools? Ouch. (laughs) Okay, it'll get better, I promise. But we have to go here. I have to go here and ask that question. If I am not moving towards God, if I have not turned and, and pursue him and chase after him and want to be with him in this place that is good and right, if I do not make an effort to do that, if we don't pursue that, that is our destiny to be futile and fools. Bless you. We, what are we becoming? What are we becoming? And then we get to this verse next, verse 23, Romans chapter 1. And it says this, Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Exchanged the glory of God. They exchanged the glory of God. I, you know, you ever do that in scripture sometimes where you just read something and you're like, wait, what? And you go back and you read it again and you're like, wait a minute, What? They ex- that means that they had it. <laughs> that, 
They could possess the glory of God. They gave it up. They released it. They didn't pursue it. Holy smokes, or holy cats, as my dad would say. We can walk in the glory of God. We can have it, and we exchange it. We're designed, we're called, we're created, we're made to experience the glory of God. Not only are we designed, created, and made to experience it, we're designed and created and made to carry it. We're designed, created, and made to reflect it. It's the plan. It's our destiny. Woo! (laughs) I'm a glory carrier. And then immediately when I said that, be vulnerable with you, my mind said, well, not all the time. Sometimes. Which is actually a lie. When we accept the Lord and we become Christians and followers of Jesus, we immediately get on this step, on, uh, on this road, and start taking steps towards becoming more and more like him. We immediately become carriers of his glory. We immediately become infilled with his spirit, and then we keep on being filled with his spirit so that we can reflect that radiance. So the truth is, yeah, it's what we're called to do. And I think, well, what about the glory? What is it? What did he give up? What did they give up? What did they exchange? We read about it in several ways in Scripture, and one of them is just the whole, I don't even know what the right word is. I want to say eminence, but I don't know if that's the right word. So this manifest beauty of his holiness, it's about God's character. It's beyond human understanding, Psalm 113 tells us. And in Romans 3, we see that we all fall short. When Paul talks about that in Romans 3, what he's talking about is who God is. Of course we're going to fall short because we're created. We're not him. Paul's explanation of that is to say we're all in this together. Not to say you're missing the mark, you're falling short. To say we're all in this together. It's who he is. The the glory of God is, is... undescribable, absolutely undescribable. We see it in praise when we worship. We feel it. We experience God in worship. What we're experiencing is his glory. And we see it as a visible presence in Scripture. We see it as this dazzling light, like the fire, um, the, the pillar of fire, the burning bush. We see it in dazzling light. Uh, Scott said it reminds me of like when, when Jesus um, was baptized and the dove came down on him. We are witnessing the glory of God. We witness it. We see it. It comes in acts of power. When, when we see people getting healed, when we see people getting set free, we are witnessing the glory of God. And in the New Testament, we, visi- we see a visible presence mainly in Jesus. When we look at Jesus, we are looking upon the glory of God. When we are with Jesus, we are with the glory of God. We know that because in Hebrews chapter 1, I better get these on, he says, He, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. It's who he is. It's who Jesus is. And then we become Christians and we become followers of Jesus and we get imprinted with that. 
It's a beautiful plan. We are called as followers of Jesus to express and to let shine his, his radiance, who he is. Can you, we are called to do that. It's one of the highest callings we have is to be Jesus to other people, to let Jesus shine through us, to let them see his glory, to let them see his radiance, to let him see his kindness, his love, his goodness, his justness, his righteousness. Let that sink in for a minute that that's who we are. That is the, the destiny he's given us. He's, he's, he said, you do as I do. Be as I am. Let me change you. You're a follower of me now. Let's get on that road and let's change from one degree of glory to another so that more and more you look like me, so that more and more you express who I am to others. That's what the world needs. It's what the world needs. In seminary, I wrote a paper on the, the veil and the glory, and it was out of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And it's all about the transition from the old passing away with Moses, who represents the law, to the new coming in to be. And he says, Paul says in this letter, that Moses would put on the veil because it would begin to fade when he wasn't in the presence of God. Then he'd go back into the presence of God. He would receive this impartation, not something on him, but infused in him so that it shot forth from him, the Greek says. It shot forth from him. And then he would come out of the presence of the Holy of Holies, and then it would begin to fade, and he would cover his face because people didn't want to see it fade. If we don't spend time in the presence of, the, of God, that will fade. We have to relentlessly pursue that. Relentlessly pursue being in his presence so that the glory gets infused in us and then we can radiate it as Jesus has modeled for us. It's not a looking upon. When we behold the glory of God, when you read that in Scripture and it says, behold the glory of God, it's not a looking upon. It's more of a looking like. Transformed into his image. One degree of glory to another, 2 Corinthians 3 says. Here's the tension. Stay with me. Here's the tension. We have a choice. We play a role in what we are becoming. We're not puppets. We don't get overtaken by the Holy Spirit and made to do things we don't want to do. We play a role in who and what we are becoming. I don't like that part. It'd be so much easier. Have you ever been in a situation where you're just like, will you just tell me what to do? It'd be so much easier if you just told me what to do and I didn't have to figure this out, that I didn't have to navigate this, that I didn't have to ask the question, God, what do you want to know? What do you want me to know? Not what do you want to know. He knows everything. What do you want me to know? But just tell me what to do. But unfortunately, it's not the way it is. Not even unfortunately, because then I'm slapping the plan in the face. For a good reason, which we may not always understand, we have choice. 
We've, designed, we've been designed with it. Each time Moses was with God, the glory brightened. And the time away from God caused the glory to grow dim. <laughs> I don't know where else to start except with what am I doing? Am I in the presence of God enough to know him and allow his glory to infuse me so that when I meet somebody in the coffee shop or I meet somebody on the road or, or where, at work or wherever, that they see Jesus? It's how the world will change. It won't change if we're not reflecting the glory of God. When I was preparing for the message, I asked the Lord, what do you, what do you want me to know? I did ask that. <laughs> Sometimes I'll ask, what do you want us to know? And I have two challenges that I think the Lord gave us. And one he said, I've called you to be carriers of my glory. I couldn't affirm that anymore. I don't know how to affirm that anymore than to Say, sit with him. Let him tell you about that. Let him tell you about the magnificent destiny full of joy and greatness it is to be called to be a carrier of the glory of God. It's, I, I, I don't know. Uh, sometimes you don't want to say what you think too much because people will write you emails. But I don't know of a greater calling right now in this moment for us as a nation and for us as a church to be carriers of his glory. To be people who radiate, radiate the love of Jesus. And it starts with us because we have a choice. We have a choice. Another tension is that we are already and we are becoming and he puts us on this road. And so we have to ask the question, am I influencing the way Jesus wants me to influence? This is where it, it can get scary and risky. But I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it to ask a question of, Lord, am I becoming futile? Am I becoming a fool? Lord, am I exchanging your glory for something else? Am I exchanging the destiny that you've called me to to be a reflector of your glory for something that's less than? And it's okay if he says yes. Because then he'll say, let me show you the way. And now you've swung back towards the center, that really sweet part of being with Jesus and not drifting away from him. Here's the reality. The way we influence the we is by modeling the I. We cannot make a difference in this world if we are not doing what we need to do as individuals in being with God. Because if we're not being with God as individuals, then when we get together as a community, we're playing a game. And it's fake. And we're not being real. 
If we're not asking the hard questions, do I love God and why? And, and am I becoming futile? Am I becoming a fool? Am I exchanging the best that you have for me for something less than? Then, then I don't know. Then we're missing it. We're missing it. And we look around at the world, and sometimes I get this. I, I avoid the news because I'm embarrassed of who we've become. I'm in, I hate the evil of it. I hate the little you know, back and forth all the time, and, and there's no progress, and there's no love, and I hate it. But I don't think avoidance is the answer. It's never the answer with God. He says, come be with me. Let me challenge you, and I will direct your path. I will show you the way. We are his plan. We are his plan, and I hate the hate. (laughs) I hate it. When Scott and I, Scotty and I were on the pilgrimage, we were at dinner once, and they said, where are you from? Where are you from? It's a common question to ask. And we said, we're from the United States. You don't say North America, cause you're America, because that includes Canada, Mexico, so you say the United States. And they went, oh, Trump. Trump or no Trump, whatever. The United States, where we're at as a people. The president doesn't have that much power, you guys. And anyway, so um, they began to talk about who we are as a nation, and I, I found myself kind of you know, sliding back in my chair a little bit away from the dinner table and just listening. And one of the guys noticed, and, he's, and later, he's, after dinner, we were out in the like, courtyard, and he said to me, he goes, how was that dinner for you? And I said, actually, I'm embarrassed. I love my country, but I'm embarrassed by what we've become. Who are we becoming? Who are we becoming? When we pursue God and change who we are and pursue that path and that road of becoming like God and, or becoming like Jesus, sorry, one, in, one degree of glory to another, then we become the salt and the light that the world so desperately needs. It is time to turn up the volume and the capacity we have to be mature believers in Jesus and be his radiant light and shine his glory to the people around us. It's time. We can't stop. We cannot stop pursuing that. We can't become complacent. We can't become comfortable. Being a Christian is not about our happiness and our comfortability. It's about doing what Jesus has called us to do. And he's given us a destiny and he's given us a call. Sometimes we wonder, I don't know what my purpose is. I'll tell you what your purpose is. It's to reflect Jesus. It's to be a reflector of him to the people around us. And when we miss the mark, we go, oh, that's right. Because we spend time with him and we allow the Holy Spirit to say, you've missed it, come back. Sometimes being corrected seems like a bad thing, but in my journey, 
I'm finding that being corrected is one of the sweetest things Jesus can do for me. Because it brings me closer to him. And I thank him. And I repent for closing my eyes and doing nothing when he's called me to do something. And it starts with a relentless pursuit of God so that I become more and more like Jesus. I have a, a story, and I, just want, I am going to share it, and I want to listen together for what the Lord might be saying. And it was a story I wrote in, in, in my biblical presentation. And it goes like this. There was a young boy named Mahesh. And he had a father, Jerohoam. And they lived a long, long time ago. Mahesh was not alive during the Exodus, but his father was. And so his father would tell him about what he saw and what the miracles he saw and the glory of God he saw when they were delivered from slavery. And he would hear, Mahesh would hear about Moses and how Moses was able to um, go into this place with God and come out with his face shining. And Mahesh was just riveted with this story. You can really get that close to God. You can really be that close to him that your face will shine. And he thought, why does only Moses or just a few others get to go in there? And so he dared to risk ask his dad. Dad, why does only Moses get to go in and be face-to-face with God? And his father said, it is right. It is good. It is the will of God. Okay. Mahesh knew this. He accepted it. But Mahesh was a dreamer. And he wondered. He thought, will there ever be a day that I could be that close to God? Will there ever be a day where I too can go into the Holy of Holies and be in the presence of the Almighty Yahweh and come out shining with radiance and brilliance and gloriousness for others to see. He dreamed of a day that a warrior would come and make a way. He dreamed of a day that everybody, everybody, all of us, Romans, Gentiles, Jews, male, female, any nationality, any race could come into the glory of God and be in his presence. Someday, he said, someday. We are living in that day. Because of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, we are living in the day that we all can have that face-to-face time with God. Choose it. Don't exchange it for anything. Don't exchange it for anything. Choose it. Let's pray. Lord, (laughs) you got an amazing plan. An amazing, amazing plan. I pray that your Holy Spirit, the tug of your Holy Spirit, would become more and more strong in our lives so that we would relentlessly pursue God and all that he has for us and we would not let go, we would not shrink back 
We would not become timid. We would not become complacent. We would not become numb or lifeless, but that we would continue to pursue it with everything we got. So that the world will know you. (laughs) Thank you for your glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you've given us this high, high calling. Thank you. Lord, we ask that you would bless the offering, not because it'll go do what we want it to do, but because it will reflect you as it goes. Help us, Lord, to become more and more and more image bearers that you've called us to be. Woo, I can't imagine a world with all of that happening. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen.